Hi, I'm Simon Theakston, and welcome to the Theakston's Old Peculiar Crime Novel of the Year. The way the global obsession with the crime genre continues to grow year on year is simply astonishing, and this year's long list proves the remarkable talent on offer in crime writing from legends of the craft to eager-eyed newcomers. The short list is already too close to call, so we encourage everyone to get voting. A hearty toast of Old Peculiar to all our long-listed authors for this coveted award and we look forward to what we know will be a fiercely fought competition. In the meantime, I'm going to have a glass of Old Peculiar, because they say an Old Peculiar and a crime novel go very well together. I'll tell you why if you come to the festival in July. Good health. Hello, I'm Joe Haddo, and this is our series of interviews with the Theakston's Old Peculiar Crime Novel of the Year Award Longlistees, produced and curated by Harrogate International Festivals in partnership with title sponsor Theakston's Old Peculiar. And today I'm joined by journalist and best-selling author Erin Kelly. Hello. Evening. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Uh, and all the better for seeing you. It's been blooming ages. I think, actually, I've maybe passed you in Harrogate in the car last year and sort of did a royal wave with with <laughs> hand on the stick and sort of did a bit of that um, but I haven't seen you in person for ages no not since the before times but w- one by <laughs> one we're all we're all making those connections again aren't we yeah. little by little <laughs> little by little that's the way to do it uh, and uh, huge congratulations on being long listed and it's Thank for you. the book watch her fall um, so this is a, a brilliant thriller. Um, it's about friendships and secrets and ballet. Um, perhaps you could introduce us to Ava and set up the story here for those that may not know of it yet. Yeah, Watch Her Fall is a thriller about a ballerina who's about to dance the ultimate role for a ballerina, which is the dual role of Odette and Odile, the good swan and the bad swan in Swan Lake. And she should be absolutely on top of the world but there's a lot going on behind her back she's nearly 30 which is 90 in ballet years and there are whispers in the corridors wherever she goes and somebody wants to topple her from her perch so it's about um one woman's paranoia and whether she is right to be paranoid or whether someone's really out to get her and because it's a thriller it's not a spoiler to say of course they are of course course they are are. it's a thriller of course they are (laughs) Um, it, as, as I recall, inspiration for, for quite a few of your latest books have come when you're out running or walking. And I wondered, was that the case for this one as well? It was, yes, it was. So this one, um, strangely enough, the story didn't start with ballet and I was stuck on it for a while. It started with me seeing a guy in a private security firm. So um, a couple of miles away from where I live, there's a lot of gated communities and footballers live in these big mansions on a hill and while I was out for a run I saw a security guy eating sandwiches out of a Warburton's bag and I was just struck by the contrast of his very modest lunch and the you know the multi multi million pound houses he was guarding so I was for a long time I thought that was an interesting hook it turns out it wasn't I just kept rewriting and rewriting a passage about (laughs) him getting the train from Heathrow to Cockfosters which is you know that has not got psychological thriller written all over it um maybe page one (laughs) you think you think I wrote page one six or seven times over the course of many many weeks um then I had the idea that he was in contact or in a relationship with a woman who was trapped in one of these houses. 
And it wasn't until I lit upon the idea of her being injured rather than claustrophobic or agoraphobic or psychologically damaged uh, that I thought, well, she's a ballerina. And then the whole book flowed after weeks and weeks, months actually, of writer's block. Once the ballet was speeding in and that, you know, full on gothic melodrama mm. and the echoing silence of an empty stage and the the movement and the glamour and the possibility of an injury that could take you out of the game any second, then the book really started to take off. Now, how much ballet did you consume once you knew that, you know, it was going down this route? How much did you actually watch and research and learn about? Loads and loads and loads. Actually, it was limited. Um, I, the last thing I did before lockdown in 2020 was see Swan Lake at the Royal Opera House. And by that time, it was maybe the seventh production of Swan Lake that I'd seen. And um, I was I, I should have had a backstage tour, actually. That was all lined up. But in between me getting on the tube and me getting off the tube in Covent Garden, um, we went into the first stage of lockdown and I wasn't allowed to go backstage. So a lot of it actually was online. But what was fantastic was that online, lots of the big companies would share backstage footage anyway, and they would put their classes online. There was a phase where I actually did a ballet class every morning or a bar class, a kind of dancers warm up. Really? Yeah, which was um, super fun. And the only thing that stopped me from just my body taking on a permanent chair shape, I think, during lockdown. Um, so yeah, I did, I really did immerse myself in it. I wasn't, I've, I've always liked the ballet, but never been a super, super fan. You know, I had to, mm. I had to know things, I had to research things about anatomy as well as the plot and the logistics of performance and theatre and training. Um, so, you know, I, I can tell you all about the um, meniscal joint in a knee now if you want. I mean I won't but you know is this a party trick I didn't have before now I don't want to be that person but I actually did get a, a backstage tour of the royal <laughs> the always one. opera house <laughs> with um Stephen McRae who is principal I think he is. He's, I mean, he's one of the Royal Ballet superstars. And that's so interesting that he was your guide because he was recovering from a torn Achilles, a near career ending injury. And I followed his journey over lockdown while he was in rehab training and not knowing whether he would ever dance again. And uh, what I took from him, mainly following him on Instagram, but also looking at old interviews, is the absolute steeliness of a ballet dancer. Mm. So they look, I mean, Stephen McRae, actually, I have to say, is built. He is he is not a wispy little thing. But, you know, a lot of the men are very slight and the women are, you know, they do incredible athletic feats uh, on legs that in some cases look like matchsticks and they're fantastic athletes, but they are hard as nails. And that gave me an insight into the lengths that a dancer might go to to yeah. sabotage a rival. It's not just the physical demands of the job. You have to live and breathe it. And so firstly, that makes you absolutely unforgiving in the pursuit of your ambition. And secondly, it means that you will, you know, you've got so much skin in the game. When you finish your dance career, you fall off a cliff. So you will do anything you can to get to the top faster and make your time at the top last as long as you possibly can. 
Yes. I just, I just love the book and I love that sort of world and everything. And I think, you know, you're right as, as characters, ballet dancers are perfect for this type yeah. of story. I think. To the extent that I was, I was sure that there would, when I had the idea for a ballet dancer, I thought, well, there must, I mean, I like to think I've read 90% of the psychological thrillers out there, or at least I'm familiar with them. And then I was sure I would look and think, oh, somebody's done this already. And of course there was Black Swan, the film, mm. but that's a good 15 years old now. And I was careful not to rewatch it when I was writing, but mm. there aren't, there hasn't been a book. Uh, there hasn't been another psychological thriller as far as I know. And I did try to find them set in this world, yeah. in, in yeah. this exact world in the theatre. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you, I can't believe Black Swan was that old. <laughs> That's, I don't, don't want to think about that. Thank you. Um, well, look, you've been longlisted for this prize before. How did it feel to hear you were on the longlist again? Oh, it means more to me than almost any other prize I can think of because the Theakston's Festival is, it's our Glastonbury as crime yeah. writers. And um it's it's very much my happy place and everybody at the festival does so much to champion bringing new writers into the spotlight as well as celebrating the kind of titans of the genre and uh it's yeah it really does mean a lot to me because it's such a special place in my heart the, um Harrogate was the first event I went to as a baby author I think I, I my book was only two and a half weeks oh wow pack. So it was my introduction to the crime community um, as a whole. It's quite a baptism by fire, actually. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, so that's another reason why it has a really special place in my heart. And I, uh, I think I already know the answer to this question, but what are you most looking forward to about Harrogate this year? I haven't seen the lineup, so I don't know. Ah. Um, uh, so I'm going to say, uh, you know, I have never had a bad time at the bar in Harrogate. <laughs> and what I love about it is how democratic it is because it's not, uh, because you you mingle with readers as much as you do publishers and fellow authors. And that's another reason to love it. So I will always catch up with people I know I'm gonna see at Harrogate. And that, when it when it opened again last year, that was that was the thing. I was like, oh, there's, there's Andy, who always buys everything in hardback and loves the first yeah. edition. And, and there's the guy that looks a bit like Terry Pratchett, whose name I don't know, but is also always there. And you know, and there's Christy, who's always you know so bubbly. And just seeing all these people again, it was like it was like a family reunion. Oh, yeah, so, so nice. So that's that's as much part of it as the panels for me. And essentially, what you're saying is uh, you'll be at the bar, so people can come and find you there. Is that is that generally the the rule? There's no lie. <laughs> I, I do i do hang around yeah i do around oh don't worry i'll be there too i'll done yeah. I'll, I'll be there too um and very much look forward to seeing you in some glorious sunshine i hope um Fingers and remember crossed. that all oh yes all our long-listed books are available to buy from waterstones and if you've already read erin's book and you know that you want it to be the winner this year well head over to harrogatethinkstoncrimeaward.com before the 26th of may where you can cast your vote for it um erin absolute pleasure as always and i very much look forward to uh getting a few drinks in at Harrogate this July. I'll see you there.